Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher, and today we have a very special episode for you. This podcast is about ordinary people and their extraordinary stories of adventure. And these stories have to start first with an experience. When we return from the experience, then we have to tell what happened, what we learned, and the way we tell that story matters as much as anything. Our guest today is Bill Hampton from Nashville, Tennessee. Bill is a master of promotion and he knows how to tell a story. He's the owner of Hampton Strategies and president at Spartan Strategies, both providing coaching and consulting services for executive leaders. Now from 1999 to 2012, Bill was vice president and chief marketing officer at the Dave Ramsey organization. He helped grow the Dave Ramsey show which is the largest independently owned and operated talk show in the country to a listenership of nearly four and a half million on 500 affiliates. This was a feat most industry executives deemed impossible in the program's early days. Now for most people, this would have been a full career, but Bill Hampton also knows how to listen to the voice inside that calls him to adventure. And he's here to share his story. Bill, welcome to the campfire. Man, it's great to be with you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It'll be a lot of fun. I am so, so excited. Uh, I had a chance to to see you speak on stage at a Brian Buffini event last spring and then uh, got introduced to you by my friend um, and also friend of the podcast, Carl Miller, who was episode uh, number three. And so I'm just so excited to have been connected. And uh, I wonder if we could just maybe start with your time at the Dave Ramsey show. Let's just go straight there. Yeah. So Scott, I was, I was moving my company. I was a concert promoter in Atlanta, Georgia. I also had a music management business at 24 years old and I was moving the company to Nashville in 1995. And I was driving the U-Haul truck to Nashville. I was broke. I didn't know why I was broke. I made enough money, but I just always felt like I never had any. I'm flipping radio stations and I heard a hillbilly on the radio talking about money and uh turns out that hillbilly was dave ramsey i i pulled uh the u-haul into the apartment complex and went upstairs and the first person i called when i got to tennessee was dave ramsey on the radio and i asked him a question and uh he said i tell you what come out to this class that i teach at a local holiday inn uh it was called financial peace university so he had me out to that and dave and i became fast friends and that started a I worked with him for 12 years, but we really worked closely. Even before I started working with him, I taught his classes and did things with him. So um, it was about a about a 17 year relationship. It's it's awesome. By the way, FPU coordinator, FPU uh, leader, right here. So, oh, awesome! Uh, big, Fantastic. Big fan of Financial Peace University. Life changer. Um, it, it really was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, can you, so, I mean, you guys, you know, together from the, from those early days and those 12 years that you guys were together, like huge changes 
And, uh, and a lot of that was, was through promotion. And I would love if you could just kind of talk and take us through the kind of the progression of how that all happened. Yeah. You know, um, we just, Dave, Dave said something to me in one of our early conversations that I never forgot. Um, I told him, I said, Dave, man, I love you. The, The principles you teach have changed my life, but Dave, you want me to come in and run your radio division. I don't know how the signal gets from the studio to the car. (laughs) I have no clue how radio works. I've never thought about it. And that's when he said this to me, he said, Bill, that's exactly why I want you. Because if you were a career radio guy, you wouldn't believe we could accomplish what I'm getting ready to tell you. I want to accomplish And, and what he felt like the Lord had laid on his heart. And, uh, you know what? He was exactly right. If I was a career radio guy, I would have told him all the reasons why what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it couldn't be done, but I didn't know any better. And so we were able to look at it with a fresh perspective and just go, okay, where, where are we today? Where do we want to be? And how do we get there? How does this work? And so everything we went into uh, every adventure we had in this thing was just, okay, we want to, we want to take down that radio station. We want to tackle, we want to climb that mountain. How do we do it? And a lot of times it was just sheer will. It was just, we're going to accomplish this no matter what. And the reason why is <clears throat> we weren't doing it for a paycheck. We weren't, we were doing it. We were truly on a mission. Dave was on a mission. And as the leader of that mission, he passed that down. He inspired us to go fight on his behalf to, to lead people to um, healthier marriages and, and better relationships with their kids and better lives through their finances. We were committed to it and we were able to make it happen. Yeah. And I think um, what, what really struck me is, you know, this idea that, you know, essentially you were green in the industry and, I mean, the reason why he said he wanted you was for that reason, because the the folks that had been kind of, I'm just going to use the word stuck, kind of mm-hmm. have been there, done that. They see what can go wrong and they kind of have, have let these sort of fears and doubts like essentially become part of their subconscious. And so they're more likely to shoot these things down. And I think, uh, I think that's a great topic for us to talk about here. Uh, as we talk about this voice that calls us to adventure, because so many of us allow that fear and all of that resistance that we've built up over time to keep us from doing the stuff that we know we really want to do. Well, it's so true. You know, people, uh, we just give so much, too much credit to what people think about what we want to do or how we want to do it. And really what it comes down to is people are just, afraid of not looking the part or they're afraid of being embarrassed or they're afraid of not looking like one of the cool kids. And man, that mentality keeps us, holds us back from doing so many things. And, um, you know, people in radio career, radio people, they, they wouldn't want to look like the outsider who does it. You, you have a box, you have a formula. This is how it's done. And, um, I've been able to carry the principles I learned in the lessons I learned with Dave and and how we went about things. I've carried it into every aspect of my business where 
I don't go into any venture, anything going. I mean, I want to know how the I want to know how the game has been played. Traditionally, I do want to know the rules. Yeah. I don't want to take a baseball to a football game, but but as soon as I understand the basics, now I want to step back and look at it with fresh perspective and go, what if? What if we tried this? Has anyone ever done that? And boy, that really opens some interesting conversations. So, yeah, and from day one, I mean, what you're talking about right here, from day one, you talked about people being afraid of like what other people are going to think, but you heard, you called him a hillbilly. And the mm -hmm. first thing you did when you got to Nashville was to call in, like you, you weren't afraid, like you picked up the phone. I mean, that, like that first step that you, you made, most people wouldn't even do that. So I guess I'm curious, like where, where did that for you, where did that develop? Where did that, that passion to, to not be afraid? You know, I'll say this. Um, not only did I call him on the radio, but when Dave asked me to come join his team, I was 27 years old. Uh, and I was, and I was going to earn a hundred thousand dollars that year at my previous job. And this is in 1999. Yeah. And Dave, after he got done telling, Telling me that inspiring statement that if, if I was from the radio business, I wouldn't believe he could accomplish. Then I said, well, what's it pay? And he said, $36,000. And I had my second child on the way. <laughs> I was going to make a hundred grand. He offered me 36,000, but he said, but Bill, I promise to share with you whatever you bring in. And, um, and I, I jumped, I did it. I, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of thought and prayer, but then I said, you know what? I'm going to take this adventure. Where does it come from? I just, you know, I think I had, I had a dad who was a realtor my whole life. Nice. Um, he was committed to personal growth. I grew up driving around listening to Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins and Jim Rohn. And I was pumped with, pumped full of this, these positive affirmations and this positive outlook on life and that I really could accomplish anything. I mean, I was the smallest kid. I laugh with my kids. You know, I won the, I won the state championship in wrestling in the ninth grade at 98 pounds. Um, you know, I, I, I know what I weighed because I wrestled. So I know what I, I weighed every year and I'm, I was little yeah. and, um, but I always felt like the strongest, the fastest, the toughest, the, I was just brought up to think that. And so I just, I've always believed that I, I, and then, and then of course it's who I am, right? It's, it's, it's in, it's in my makeup. I love change. I love new opportunities. I'm so excited about it. I love meeting new people and trying new things. Um, that's just exciting to me. So I think it's always been who I am. I, I left Michigan where I grew up and went to college in Virginia, having never been there before. I didn't even visit. I just went. And um, I, I've just always, I've always loved that. There's adventure spirit there. I, to somebody that loves change and, and always looking for this newness. So um, when, when you were getting ready to make $100,000 a year and Dave said, I can pay you 36. I'm just like, mm -hmm. do you remember like those moments and kind of like any like fears, doubts, anything that kind of went through your mind? You remember like the decision-making process? Was it really oh. fast? Did you have to think on it? What, what was that like for oh. you? 
I had to really think on it. In fact, because we were doing the Dave Ramsey plan uh, and we had a baby coming, we had saved up eight thousand. I'll never forget this. We had saved up eight thousand dollars to buy a, a a bigger vehicle, and we were going to pay cash for it. And then my current company said, "Hey, not only will we raise your percentage and your commission and all this to get you to, to six figures." but we're also going to lease you a brand new vehicle, whatever you want. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I can take that eight grand that I saved. Now I can just have a fully funded emergency fund. I'm going to make $100,000 a year. I got a brand new car. What am I? And he's offering me 36. But, and I remember sitting there just running the numbers, running the numbers. And I remember yeah. talking to my dad about it. And my dad was, no, he wasn't a help at the time I mean, it, it, and I just remember getting so frustrated and he's like hey look man it's your just it's your decision you know you're a big boy and in other words he said put you gotta put your big boy pants on I don't gotta live with this decision you do so make the call and um you know what I just trusted so no it was not an easy decision what was polling you I had told myself I saw my twenties as a time to put tools in the toolbox. Okay. I saw, I saw my twenties as an opportunity to add to my skill set, And I just saw this as an, a, I trusted, I did trust him. I trusted Dave and what he was telling me. And I do, I did believe he would share with me whatever I brought in, but I just saw this as an opportunity to add more tools, more skills to my toolbox and that I could use later on in life. And so that was ultimately what it was somewhere along the way. I told myself that until I was 30, I was just going to get as many experiences as I could. And, um, and this was a new one. Hey everyone. It's Scott here. This podcast is a passion project for me because I absolutely love adventure. And it's thanks to the effort of my residential real estate team here in Charlotte, North Carolina, that many of you know as the W Realty Group, that this podcast gets funded. This awesome group of people have unmatched levels of competence and caring for our clients. If you know of anyone looking to buy or sell a home, our team serves the Charlotte, North Carolina market, but we can also help you find an agent anywhere throughout the US or Canada through our highly connected network. When you support our real estate business, you are also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks for your referrals. That's that's big to get it. That I mean, to have a goal like to get as many experiences as I can. Yeah. Um, did in your heart, did you feel like this was a risky move, or did you know it was the right thing? Oh no, no. Uh, oh, so <laughs> you reminded me of all these stories. <laughs> no, not only I knew it was a risky move, and I will tell you this. It was a, actually, it was a low point for me. My, we had to borrow why well, we didn't, we didn't, my, my wife reached out to her father and she, and he loaned, he gave us a thousand dollars to pay okay. bills two months after I started with Dave, because we, we couldn't pay our bills. Yeah. And there was this moment in me that went, and I remember calling him and saying, listen, I appreciate it. I didn't know she reached out to you, but you need to understand something. I will work four jobs before I ever have to borrow money from somebody to support my family. Mm. It was really a moment of me 
going, no, this is my deal. This is my family. And we're not going to borrow money to pay bills from parents. And so I, it was a low point for me, but I will tell you, it wasn't two or three months later uh, that things just started rolling with Dave. And in fact, that year that I moved, I ended up making a hundred thousand dollars with Dave. Yeah. So I still made my six figures. I love it. Well, it's so, uh, so I'm a big fan of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. And, uh, Mm. you know, in this whole concept, like you, you get this call to adventure, you, um, experience these fears and doubts that say, don't do it, don't do it. And then once you cross the threshold, things kind of start opening up, but like what you said, you trusted, like that was one of the biggest pieces. And it's so, so what happens when you cross over the threshold, you're trusting and now you're in this thing and things just start happening. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, once you commit, God, you know, there's something to not looking back, right? Like burn what burn the boats they say, right? Like burn it, burn the ships. I mean, when you leave it, leave it, go all in no plan B, right? There's something to that. I love this. So, um, so this has kind of been a theme throughout your whole life. Like this, this wasn't a one-time thing here. So can you take us, just take us through the next 12 years, what, you know, what happened and, and then you got to a point where it was time to move on. Can, can you just kind of bridge the gap there in that timeline? Yeah. So I started with Dave when I was 27 years old and it was the next 12 years were, uh, just a rocket ship for growth, Dave. So what Dave said to me when I started with him is he said, look, I'll pay you $36,000 a year, but I, I, I promised to share with you whatever you brought in. And it was a percentage. And when I started, we were a couple million dollar company and we grew that to just over $70 million mm-hmm. and he never changed the deal. Yeah. And that's unheard of. Yes. Like how many times do we hear in corporate America, people, you know, leaders will do a deal like that. And then someone starts killing it and they go, well, we didn't know it would be that big of a number. Right. You know, let's, let's, let's change the deal. Right. They demotivate these salespeople. Right. Dave didn't do that. He stayed true to his word. And that number got really big and six figures turned into multiple seven figures every year. And you know what? It was. I just got to a point where I accomplished everything that my limited vision at the time thought I would ever want and that I would ever accomplish. And, um, and so there's just this thing in me was going, man, I, I come in, I sit in my seat, I go to a lot of meetings, I lead people, everything I once did, I've hired people to do. I have 200 people on my team, 11 leaders leading those 200 people. We're just continuing to roll. And I was just, uh, I was ready for a, a new challenge. I, I, I have to have a hill to climb and that is in me. I, I, you know, uh, I gotta be careful not to self-sabotage myself because sometimes I'll dig a hole just so I have to dig out of it. (laughs) And, and so, um, Dave and I had a great conversation around it and, um, but we just agreed at, at, you know, that it was time to, I was going to go do something else. And and another thing I told him, as I said, you know, Dave, the Dave Ramsey brand, this company, it's a huge Mm. safety net. And I'm just at a point where 
as good of a leader as Dave was and as much responsibility as he gave me, and I really was running my deal, it still wasn't a hundred percent mine. Yeah. And I, I just felt like it was time to step out and see if I could, if I could go do something on my own. Yeah. And, and as part of this, you mentioned something inside of me. So I'm going to come back to that voice. So here we go again. You had that, you know, in the beginning, back in 1999, you had that voice that called you and said, I'm going to go do this thing with Dave. And now here we are again. And it sounds like you're hearing this voice again. Well, literally that voice inside of me, it was Scott, I had, uh, my wife and I talk about this. That voice was going to come out of me, whether I listened to it or not. I, I was physically having things go on with my body that were weird. I had these, I remember having like these weird veins start to come out. It was almost like, yeah. look, I'm going to come out of you or you're, I'm going to, I was getting sick um, because I was just resisting that thing. And, um, and when I finally released it and said, I'm going to go do my thing, that all went away. That's incredible. It all went away. I just knew that it, um, it was time. It was time. And I, I didn't do it without counsel. Yeah. Uh, there I went, we went and spent two days with a, a really wise guy named Pete Richardson, who's out in Boulder, Colorado. And he took me through two days of life planning and we were really, that's before I made the decision to leave. We were considering, is this the right decision? So I really sought counsel during that time because it was a big decision, but it was absolutely clear that it was the right decision. So I love, I love that what you shared here. So, I mean, again, coming back to the hero's journey, like you're like this, there's a voice inside that's calling you to the next stage. And it sounds like you, your mind was resisting, your body was rejecting the resistance. Do you remember like, <laughs> like, do you oh, remember no. the, the thought, the resistant thoughts? Like, do you remember what was going through your mind in terms of, cause it sounds like your body told you before your head did. Yeah, it, it yes, it sure did. It sure did. And you know, as I look back on it, it's so difficult to leave comfort and security and safety. Yeah. Especially when you've become accustomed to living a certain style of life. But how many people do we know? I think we've all seen it where, you know, well, it's, it's, you know, in, in corporate world, it's the golden handcuffs, right? Mm, yep. You're, you're making enough that, that you, you just, and people are miserable in their fifties and they're just hanging on and now they're just working for a paycheck. And that is a bad place to be, boy, you lose yourself. And I, I, I did come to the realization that, um, I know we're all going to die one day, but I knew if I didn't leave, it was, that was the beginning. That was going to beginning of my slow death of my soul. Yeah. I know that it would have been the death of my soul if had I stayed. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and I can't help but bring up like one of the things like you, you're somebody that likes change. So I, I can it. only imagine how it might be for somebody that doesn't like change. They want that comfort, security and safety, and they don't like change. Yeah. And, and Scott, I'll say this. I don't know that everyone has to leave. Like you don't have to leave. Um, there were but, but I tell you what, you better change your circumstances. You better figure out a way to, to find that excitement. Um, I, 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 I hate to keep saying 
how many times have we heard, but yeah. we've seen, we've seen yeah. the battlefield, right? Especially with men, how many men screw up their lives because they get bored with their life and they just go through the monotony of the routine day in and day out. And then what happens An affair or this or that, and, and they just mess up their life because they were stuck and they weren't willing to step beyond it and to face it and to confront it and to figure out a way, you know, mon I think monotony of routine that, that just over groundhog day mm -hmm. tomorrow, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> groundhog day. Tomorrow. Very fair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I just think that is the death of the death of men, especially in their upper forties going into their fifties. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous place to be. So what I'm hearing you say is, that, I mean, this this is a discussion about why it's so important to listen to that voice and pay attention. Yes, yeah, and and you don't have to jump, but maybe you start to plan yeah. to jump. You yeah. start planning that. You but look, I said it. I I was I had resources, so I didn't jump blindly. I didn't put my family in a terrible spot, um, but I I planned and I had. Um, some, so I had some time there. So I'm not telling someone who, if, if they're living paycheck to paycheck right now to jump immediately, but start the plan, start, start learning some new things, start looking out there, start considering what life could be, start getting some counsel about what it could be. You know, I, I love what, you know, I love the saying, we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and mm -hmm. we underestimate what we can accomplish in five. Yeah. I think it's so easy to think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to look at that. Like I'm going to do that. And then you look up and five years is gone and you still haven't done anything. And one of my favorite authors is Stephen Pressfield. He wrote the book, the war of yes. art. Love that book. And, yeah. and what Pressfield says is he talks about the difference between amateurs and pros. And he says the sure sign of an amateur is they all have a they have a million plans and they all start tomorrow, and yep. man that that just hit me. You know, I'll start my diet tomorrow. I'll get in shape tomorrow. I'll take that trip tomorrow. I'll quit drinking so much tomorrow. I'll yeah. no pros start today. Do the work. Doesn't mean you have to jump, but you got to plan. You got to yes. start the plan. Yeah. Yes, I, I love that. Um, so, Bill, um, you followed the voice. Can you just kind of, I want to get to some other things, but just for listeners, some of the other adventures that followed the Dave, Dave Ramsey show for you. Yeah. So, so I left Dave, uh, and didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't know what I was leaving to. I just knew I needed to leave. I got me a little one room office in, uh, the Southern town of Franklin, Tennessee, just South of Nashville. That's where I live. And, uh, I would just go to that office and I would take naps in the afternoon. <laughs> I would read a lot yeah. and I'd walk around town and I would just think and consider how, what would my next chapter be and how could it be different? And when I would do that, Scott, I would pass an old green Jeep pickup truck on the side of the road. And it had a sign next to it that said fresh Georgia peaches. And the whole scene was so Americana, the truck, the peaches, even the brown paper bags, the customers got their peaches in. I loved everything about it. As a branding guy, I was like, oh, that's on brand. So one day I stopped and tried 
those peaches for myself. And I got to tell you, like I took a bite of that peach fresh off the tree and the juice just poured off my chin and it was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> so the next day I stopped and talked to this couple selling those peaches. And I said, Hey guys, I'd like to invest in your business. And they were like, invest in what? We just sell some peaches from my family's farm in Georgia. Um, but it was the whole around the time that farm to, you know, farm to table was really big and people organic and people wanted to know where their food came from. Yeah. And, and I was just watching what they were doing. And I said, you know, I, I think it could be way bigger than that. And I'd like to be involved. So I joined them and I went from being one of the top media executives in the country <laughs> to selling peaches on the side of the road. And, um, I would get up early every morning. I'd deliver hundreds of 25 pound boxes of peaches to locations all throughout middle Tennessee. And then I'd go set up my own little stand at the farmer's market. And I would talk to customers, which I hadn't done in years. And I would look, you know, uh, I'd watch their reaction and I'd tell them why the peaches were so good. And, and when they still weren't sure they wanted to buy, I'd just cut them a slice. And then I'd, you know, and I would do that hand to hand sales <laughs> and I'd watch their reaction. And, you know, the cool thing was what I, here's what I knew when I left Dave, what I knew is I didn't feel alive, like in my spirit, mm. I didn't feel alive anymore. So selling peaches, getting out there, working hard in the heat talking to customers, seeing their reaction, selling hand to hand like that. Um, when I approached that couple, the summer I approached them, they sold $26,000 in peaches. And by the way, peach season's only 13 weeks, mid May to mid August. Yeah. Well, that next summer we sold $660,000 worth of peaches. And, but the cool thing is with each bag that I sold, I felt a spark in my soul that I hadn't felt in years. I was coming alive again. And so other adventures, I don't sell peaches anymore, but, but I, because of that one summer, I go, boy, I'm only going to do what I love. Um, and today it's talking to entrepreneurs and talking to business owners about how they can grow their business, how they can promote better, how they can sell better how they can get unstuck. I've experienced that before. I think I've had some, and I love doing that. And so that's what I love to do. Um, I've had a consulting business and I still do where I work with different businesses and I'm able to dig into theirs. And that hits that fresh and new and a change in me. So um, that's what I spend my days doing now. I speak and I consult and I coach and it's just, a, a new adventure every day. Yeah. And, and for those that have heard you before, or, um, you know, go to, go to follow Bill Hemden. There's, there, there's, there's many more stories like this. Yeah. Like Bill right. is not afraid to follow his heart. And so we got, I've got to go back for a second here because you talked about, uh, when you were selling peaches, how you felt alive. And then I really want to talk about that spark in your soul. Yeah. Cause my yeah. guess is that there was, a time, probably a, a good, good chunk of time when you were with Dave and when you were a concert promoter that you also felt that spark in your soul. No doubt. Um, yeah, 
oh, that's a great question. It's really something to to consider. You know, when I was a concert promoter, you'd you'd show up at the you, first of all, we had to put butts in the seats, right? I mean, we yeah. had to sell tickets, yeah. and so you'd show up at the venue that day, and sometimes you weren't sure if people were going to show, and and then they showed, and then you'd sit at the end of the concert and you'd settle up with the manager of the band or whatever, and and um and that was exciting and the newness of getting Dave on new radio stations. And so what I learned in that is I like to, I really like to have my hands in it. I mm -hmm. really, there's something for me to rolling up my sleeves and staying involved. And what happened with Dave is we grew. And so it didn't make any sense for me to be the guy that had to keep doing it. Yeah. And so I kept hiring people and hiring people. And my days consisted of just, hiring, training up leaders and making sure they were doing what they were doing. But then it was a lot of managing the numbers. And I just, I didn't have enough of that. I wasn't involved. You know, I, I, I think about Steve Jobs book and Steve Jobs always had an incubator going on. Like he always had a, a, a toy, a pet project. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what he was doing, he had something where he could yeah. go get in the trenches with the programmers and the designers. Yeah. And he would be very, very involved. Boy, there's so much wisdom in that. Yeah. I think, I think if I had had that, I might not have, you know, maybe I wouldn't have left or, but I need, I need to always be involved in something at a granular level. Yeah. And so peaches took me there again, right? That's pretty extreme, but I mean, I was doing everything. Yeah. Uh, there was no one cutting the peaches or carrying them around. Uh, I was doing it all. But yes, I got to tell you, my I, just real quick, my, yeah. my family did it with me. My daughters sold peaches with me. They were 14 and 16. We, we were sweating together, and I hadn't done that in years. It brought our family closer together. Um, it was just um, – it was, it was just a really – it was very therapeutic for me. Yeah. And so what I'm getting from this is, is like, this is, this is about you doing what you love, which generates that feeling of aliveness. And, and I guess I'm just wondering is like, is that feeling of aliveness, the barometer? So there's this, there's this quote, uh, that says, don't ask yourself what the world needs ask you what makes you come alive mm. because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And I love that. So yeah, I would say I yes, that. because when I feel alive, I am excited. I have energy. Yeah. I have creativity. I have generosity. Um, I'm, I'm just my best self when I feel alive. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, the most important thing to me. I'm, I'm feeling the energy right now, Bill. This is awesome. <laughs> so um, so let's talk about adventure. Uh, so, you know, all of these experiences, they seem like adventures to me. What does adventure mean to you? Adventure is, is, is just new experiences. Um, I can remember one time I was sitting around in my office I was heavier than I'd been. I've never been really overweight, but I was heavier than I wanted to be. I was out of shape. So I, I, and I had an unfinished basement of about 1200 square feet of an unfinished basement. So I went, okay, I called in six of my buddies and I said, guys, here's the deal. We're all 
We're all fat and out of shape right now. So I will pay to, to turn my basement into a full gym and we'll hire a trainer um, and we'll all pay him. And he'll, and if you guys will commit for the next six months to be there three days a week, minimum, uh, at 6am and I'll give everybody a key. You can come anytime you want. It's your gym, but we're going to get in shape. And man, I look back on that and go, that was an awesome experience. We got in great shape. It culminated. We ended up doing it for a year and a half. It culminated with us going to train with a UFC fighter in Illinois, a nine-time UFC world champion. Um, and he put us through a two-hour training session together. Wow. Um, and it was a blast. I then got into triathlon. Okay. And for my 40th birthday, I said to my buddies, of course, there's races in Nashville and Middle yeah. Tennessee. But I said to my two buddies that I did triathlon with, I said, hey, it's my 40th birthday. We're going to fly to Boulder, Colorado, and we're going to train for three days uh, in Boulder. And then we're going to do try a, try a, a, a half Ironman in Boulder. Yeah. And we, call, we we planned it around that. I say that to say adventure is doing what I love, but it's also putting a spin on it and, and making it a new experience, a new environment, a memory that we're yep. going to remember forever. With each of those experiences, I can tell you memories that make me smile, that make everybody involved smile and laugh. It was just, um, so those are the, those are the adventures that I, I love to create. They're create, they're curated moments. Yeah. I'm hearing, um, in, in, as a common thread in all of these connection, um, connection with other people. Um, but I'm also curious because with triathlons, like there's a huge degree of struggle, right? You've got to mm -hmm. train for the triathlon and it's like, you know, there's pain involved, right? Yeah. Is that part of it? You're reminding me of so many things that I've said. You're, 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 you're very good at this. Uh, I remember just feeling stuck one time yeah. and my, I was not pleasant to be around. And my wife, she's like, what is the problem? And I'm like, you know what? I just, I, it's been too long since I defied death. I said, nice. it's, been, it's been too long since, in other words, since I risk yeah. Since I did something that was a little bit scary, yeah, um, it made me nervous. That's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, and um, I just recognized that, like it had been too long. It, I, life was too comfortable. It was too safe. Um, yes, I, I, I have to have that in my life, and I, and I typically like to suffer. You know, they talk about our pain cave. I, I like to see how long I can go in the pain cave. Um, that has always drawn me. Yeah. There's something primal about that, right? There's something, I agree. There's something primal about struggle. So I, I'll tell you my my latest adventure that I'm that would be very very easy for some people, but for me personally, it makes it it checks all the boxes yeah. for me. So I didn't grow up camping. I didn't grow up in the woods. Mm -hmm. I. I was afraid of the dark most of my life. <laughs> I'm certainly afraid of all the things that creep and crawl in the dark, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was listening to this podcast one time and this guy was talking about how he lived at the base of the Grand Canyon for seven days with nothing but a journal. And it was the most uh, powerful time of his life. And I went, you know mm -hmm. what? I live in Tennessee here. 
There's plenty of places to go. I'm going to go for three days in the woods. I'll have a tent, but that's it. I'll have, you know, I'll have, I'll be able to make a fire and I'll take a journal, no devices, no phone, no nothing. And I'm going to live for three days in the woods by myself. Now, some people might go, what's the big deal? Let me tell you, just saying that to you gives me tremendous anxiety. You're but giving I me know. chills, Bill. I want to come with you, but that would defeat the whole purpose. That would defeat the purpose. I gotta. I have to be scared. I gotta lay there and hear the raccoons and be a nervous wreck. Oh but man, I, I know it's. I know there's gonna be a breakthrough in it for me, and I. I will do that. I want you to do that so bad. Oh man, I think that just sounds amazing. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have a lot more conversation about that one. For sure. I'd love it. And, and I, I will certainly document it uh, for sure, but it, it will be, um, I, I think it'll be powerful. What scares you most about that? Oh my gosh. It's, it's all right. No more, dis, no more disclaimers. I, I know it sounds silly, but the, the, what's out there, the animals, uh, the creepy crawlies, like what's, what's going to get me? There's coyotes, there's bobcats, there's, yeah. Um, you know, what if they decide that I, I look like I'd taste good or something? I don't know. I mean, that, I, <laughs> I've been watching these shows on YouTube of these guys who stay out. I watch like alone and stuff and I watch yeah. these shows and I think, okay, the fire will keep them away. If I can just keep my fire going, that will keep them away. And so, uh, I, I'm trying to learn and get, and as I get my, as I, I, the courage is there, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But, but I'm learning now what's going to help me. Yep. Well, and well, again, th here's, this is, this is that hero's journey, right? As soon as you cross over the threshold then all of a sudden, all of these guides start appearing to help and you don't even expect them to be there. Mm, I want you to do this journey so much. Mm, this is so cool. Well, you know um, what? So Scott, as I tell, tell you about it and I, I, I really have not shared that with many people. Now I've just shared it with oh, your you whole just audience, did. but <laughs> <laughs> but, but as I talk about it, what that touches in me is I want to be able to look at my, my kid and I always have, but I want to show my kids like yeah. guys, like nothing face your fears. Yeah. Get uncomfortable. Don't stay comfortable, comfort, man. And complacency. That's a killer. Yeah. Keep pushing. I I've always challenged my kids to make their world big. I remember my daughter told me one time, she said she was in like a sophomore in high school and she was like, and there was like 600 kids in her grade. And, and she was like, um, there's nobody to hang out with. And I'm like, hold on, stop. You have like four friends. There's 596 other kids in your grade. Okay. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't make your world so small. Meet people. I promise you there's some other people that you don't even know that you would love to be with. And, and I'll tell you, my oldest daughter, she really embraced that. And she, she's, she's gone to school in, in uh, Hong Kong. She has traveled the world. She could pack up tomorrow. And, and I'm so proud of her uh, that she has listened to that and she made her world big. And, um, and my other daughter too, my oldest, they're 25 and 23 and, and they've yeah. seen a lot and they travel all the time and they love it. And I it makes me so happy.
Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that's what it's all about. Right. That's, that's the first priority right there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, Bill, I want to spend just a, a couple of minutes before we wrap up here, just talking about story because you have been like, you've been a promoter of stories your whole life and that's how you've helped people to accomplish the incredible results that you've achieved. Um, I, I just wonder, I mean, again, like th this whole hero's journey, we go through this experience and then we come back to share our story. But what's important in that story is what we learned and how we can use that story to inspire other people. So I'm just curious, you know, I've had a um, number of guests come on the show and share this, share their stories. That's what this is all about. How can ordinary people bring out their short stories and best, you know, promote and share their stories? Well, first is people are craving authenticity. Mm. Um, it's got to be authentic. And let me tell you, people who are authentic, um, people are, they're attractive. People are drawn to it. Um, we, there's so much BS out there these days and people's detectors on that are on full alert. Yeah. And so when authenticity steps in the room, people go, Oh, okay. I, I trust that guy. I'll buy from that guy. I'll go under that guy's leadership. Authenticity is the, is powerful. Um, you know, so oftentimes we talk about our successes. We talk about the things we've accomplished. People don't care about that. People care about how did you get there? Yeah. Tell me about the journey that got you to the place where you could accomplish those things. Yeah. They don't care about what you accomplished. They care about what you overcame in order to accomplish that. And so that's all tied up in our story. So I think if you keep it authentic, and if you talk about the journey rather than the destination, that's what people are attracted to. There it is, folks. Wise words from Bill Hampton. Um, so amazing. Bill, like your story is incredible. All of these journeys that you've taken and all the people that you've inspired, there's no question in my mind, Hollywood is going to, they're going to pick up on your story and they're going to make a movie about you and your life. And when they do, I want to know who the Hollywood actor is going to be that's going to play you in your movie. Oh, boy. Well, I don't know if he'll be too old by that point, but uh, I hope. But my favorite actor I would love for that is Tom Hanks. Oh, nice. I love Tom, that. That's Tom, be Tom Hanks is my absolute favorite. Awesome. Yeah, I think he can do it. He's 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 talented. He's versatile. Yeah, yeah, he could do it. He can do it. What's your movie going to be called? I would say the next move. Ooh. Or yeah, what's the sense. next move or something like that. The next move starring Tom Hanks, the story <laughs> of Bill Hampton. I'm going to go. Right. We're definitely going to see that movie. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> Bill, if people are interested in finding out more about you, what's the best way for them to go ahead and do that? Uh, I tell you what, they can, they can visit my website at hamptonstrategies.com. But, um, I tell you, if anybody, any of your audience is on Instagram or Facebook, Instagram is at the bill Hampton. And I do 30 to 60 second clips almost daily and just talk about leadership and growth and personal growth and development. And, um, hopefully there'd be some things on there they'd enjoy. 
Yeah, your stuff is great. I'm a subscriber and I love watching your content. Great. So definitely log in there. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us today. For those listening, I hope you have been inspired today as much as I have. Hope that Bill Sterway has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Bill, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thanks for having me, Scott.